You are listening to Great Day Ministries Podcast, where our mission is to affect our community and its surroundings by restoring faith through the gospel of Jesus Christ. This month, we are in our series called Higher Learning. Past opponents will be teaching about the process of preparing for the next level. Wherever you are listening, we hope that you are truly blessed by this message. Come on, turn with me to 1 Kings. And we're going to go to Luke afterwards. 1 Kings chapter 19, pull a marking in Luke chapter 22, because we're going to go there uh, shortly. We'll we'll just read those two for right now. Amen. And after we finish the reading, just ask you to remain standing as we petition the throne of grace. Amen. Amen. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to start at verse 19. Amen. And we're going to read down to verse 21. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, so if you have anything different, it might read slightly different. Amen. But it is basically should be saying the same thing. So let's begin reading. 1 Kings chapter 19, starting at verse 19. So he departed from there. And found Elisha, the son of Shiphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again. For what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people. And they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Amen. Let's go over to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Amen. We're gonna um, we're gonna start reading at verse thirty-one. Amen. And we'll read down to thirty-four. I still hit some papers turning. Amen. So let us begin to read Luke, Luke twenty-two, starting at verse thirty-one. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall crow this day before you would deny three times that you know me. Amen. May God have a blessing to the reading of his word. I want to talk to you today about 2412. 2412. Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your mercy, O Father. Traveling mercy, Lord. Life mercy, Lord. God, I ask right now, Lord, if you allow me to step back as you step forward. 
I ask you to present your word, oh, Father God, using this vessel with perfect articulation and power and authority, Lord, that you may preach and teach your word, oh, Father God. Bless each and every ear that is willing to hear and every heart that's willing to receive. And Father, following so, we shall give your name the praise for the glory and honor only belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give him a praise before you take your seat. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Amen. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This 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 whole series might be for me. I don't know. You might not be enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it. Maybe because you didn't have a 219 like I did. Uh, but I thank God that He has brought me. 15 days into the final month, he has kept me that far. Amen. And I am gracious. And I've always been a type of child that shows appreciation. Um, And I want to show my father in heaven that I appreciate him keeping me thus far. Uh, Here's a paradox. The only thing besides God that is constant, that means will never change. The only thing besides God that would never change is change. The only thing that you can count on that will always be constant is change. Now, if you don't know that, I can conclude of a strong possibility that you didn't prepare for change. And if you don't prepare for change, then you're going to prepare to fail. Now, in this series, in this series, I talked to you already about two things. And this series is about preparation to the next level. I thank God as a young man that I always was wary of people who like to talk but never like to work. That's just been one of my pet peeves. Yeah. I'm allergic to stupid people. No. Uh, Sometimes, you know, God put a certain character in you. That's why you think that you're the way you are because of your mother and your father. But remember what he told Jeremiah. I knew you. Way before you got in that womb, I formed you. I sanctified you. That means you are exactly what God needed for whatever purpose he has called you to. We just don't like all of it. Yeah. You see, what God has put inside of you, it needed to be activated. And once it's activated, he can use it. It's like having batteries inside of a package. Power doesn't come until you put it into the device. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, I talked to you first about friction. 
and I explained to you very shortly that friction is one of the ways that God implements in our life to get us to move, especially out of our comfort zone. And it's a way to direct us to where he wants us to go. He don't, want, he don't just want us to move. He wants us to move in a particular direction so that we can get to a particular destination. Once we reach that destination to where God wants us to go, see, destination doesn't always mean, and you got to understand this, your destiny or your final destiny. In other words, if you can't catch the bus to work if you're not standing on a bus stop. The bus stop is not your destination, but it is a place to help get you to your destination. So you can't receive the, the transportation or the transformation to get to where you're going unless you're in the right place. I was riding and um, I was coming up to Whitehorse Pike and I felt sorry for the brother. He was running, he was running and the bus was at the stop and he was running up to the stop. He knew he wasn't gonna make it because the door already closed. So he walked up to the curve and his expectation was that the bus that stopped down there is gonna stop where he's at. The bus kept going. He shouted all type of nasty things to the bus driver. But the point of the matter, even though you was just a few feet down, you wasn't in the right place to catch what was supposed to be for you. So you make sure that you have to position yourself for change, position yourself for transformation, to position yourself to go to another level. Y'all don't hear me. It's for me. It's for me. Trust me. Once you get to that particular destination, God has to purge because he can't take you further until he get rid of some things. And the only way he get rid of some things, he has to let you meet you. All right. That's when you deal with that face to face. See, you ignore you, especially the you that you don't like. You don't want to talk to that one. You want everybody to see the one that you approve of and one that everybody else approve of. But see, you got to remember something. You're only going to be good as your weakness. You're only going to be as strong as the weakest link. So God has to show you that other side. And believe it or not, what you might consider weak is God considered strong. And that might just be the area that he might use. So you reach from that destination on your way to your final destination, face to face. Today I wanna to talk to you about the third step that God uses in terms of preparation. Now the first one, friction, was all God. The second one, face to face, was God in you. The third one is all you. That's what makes the third one so hard. I know you thought that the second one was hard because nobody liked facing each other. They don't like facing ourselves. Paul said he was, in, he was at war. He didn't have a fight with himself. He, was, he declared war against himself. And in fact, if you read it thoroughly, Paul was saying, I declare war and I'm going to lose. 
unless someone save me from myself. And he said at the end, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to save me <laughs> from the body of this death? In other words, I can't win against me face to face. But this one, this is when God actually steps back. You never thought that, huh? In prepping to the next level. And the reason why is because we hardly ever get to that level. We just feel good talking about it. We feel good preaching about it. But we never get to that level. We think we have because we went through something and God brought us out. Come on, tell the truth. Let's, 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 let me deal with this for a moment. We think we progressed because God brought us out a particular situation. But the truth of the matter is, we never went higher. <laughs> See, going higher takes a lot more responsibility from you. But we sit around and wait on it from God. See, when you was a baby, they wash you. They bathe you. You know, last night the baby came up uh, to... Um, I think it was Cola or the ba or Dave, baby came. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, JJ, so we had to change, change, change and wash him up. As soon as the things out, give me the pamper, give me a pamper. As soon as we mentioned the word pamper, the baby walked up, as if you got to change me too. I'm like, you, you too smart. But she's expecting, and she hung around and got the pamper. She hung, she st stood right there, almost like, I'm next. But that's what we want. We want God to do everything for us, especially when we went through some hard times. We, we expect God. And here's the crazy thing. Y'all stay with me now. We preach it. God gonna, God gonna, God gonna, and we shout about it. Yes, Lord. We get excited about it because we walk out of here thinking, God gonna, God gonna. And not only we shout about it, we lie about it. We lie to ourselves. Thinking that he's gonna do it until a point comes that we forget about it and we just say that he did. He had to show me this. God is sincerely trying to take you to another level. But you have to have some responsibility. There's some things that you have to do. Faith. You have to implement faith. We talk about that stuff. But man, you know, faith is so powerful. Watch Let me deal with the children of Israel real fast. The children of Israel left out of Egypt, treated harshly, went through some pains, some headaches. He took them to the wilderness. He took Jesus Christ to the wilderness. Now the children of Israel in the wilderness, Moses sent two spies to the land that God promised them. Now folks, again, this might not be for you, but it might be maybe for one of you or two of you. I know it's for me. That's why I'm excited. 
I'm excited because he did promise me something. And if you're like me, I've been waiting and wondering, when am I going to get it? The thing is, you know, and God is a God that he don't lie. So if you know him like I know him, in Delaware this morning, they couldn't understand why I, I just wanted to sing that song, you know, Lord, I want to thank you, then you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him, you know, because I know that in my mind, I was supposed to get this at this age, but I haven't gotten it. And I've been teaching and preaching and, well, you know, God, Moses and this one. And, and then I had Elizabeth had to wait. And, and, and because of this and, and Zach had to wait and Sarah had to wait, you know, but we don't like waiting. You know that. That's why we make sure we have a microwave. We ready to eat. We want to eat. Warm it up now. Let's go. Not put it on a stove. Let's warm it. We, you know, nobody wants to get up and turn the TV, even though every television got a knob on it. Where's the remote? We spend 20 minutes looking for a moat and already could be watching our show if we just got up and turned the TV. But we just like things now. We're accustomed to it. Folks, you are not in your destiny because you're accustomed to where you are. The children of Israel was complaining the whole time. Why? Because they got accustomed to being a slave. (laughs) You would like to preach about it. You like to teach about it. But when God is calling you from it, you get scared. Fear kept you from going to the next level. Because that third part three is all about you. Not God. It's about you. When they got to the wilderness, he sent, Moses sent two spies. Everything that God promised them, the land had. Flowing with milk and honey. They came back boasting about how big the grapes were. Say, man, you got grapes like this over here in Egypt, but in this land, man, the grapes are like this. Whole grape will fill you up. They was boasting about the fruit, boasting about the land flowing. Honey was so sweet. But then they said, but the people, the people are like giants. We look like grasshoppers to the people. Man, when they said that, the people who didn't go, what? Giants? How are we going to take that land if there's giants in the land? And then the fight began. Now, remember, the Old Testament is a foreshadow of the New and even the Old New Testament early on is the foreshadow of you. Jesus did represent the children of Israel individually. He represented the law. So let's take a look at the children of Israel. God showed you your destiny. But you didn't believe it. You was excited about it when he told you about it. But you start thinking, I don't have a degree. I'm not good in math. The places that, I, that God showed me in my dream or what the preacher or the prophet spoke over me, how am I going to do that? When everything and everyone I saw that's doing that, they got PhDs. They wealthy. They came from a different background. You see, you begin to talk out your promise. 
You couldn't believe your promise. To you, when you, God told you what he's going to do for you, you all of a sudden look like little grasshoppers. You look small. And when you look small, you became afraid. And fear kept you much longer. I know it did me. I told you it's for me. I told you it's for me. Come on, man. I get, I've been preaching. I've been I didn't care about nothing when I gave my life to God. I've been preaching. I've been teaching. I studied the word. I loved the word. And I was, and I had no idea that I was sick. I suffer from Peter syndrome. I bet you Peter did not know. And I told you, he had no idea that his faith was shaky. I mean, seriously, you think about it. I mean, what any, really, seriously, which one of you? And don't answer. I'm warning you now. I'll explain later. Which one of you really would have stepped out on that boat in pitch black dark? Seriously. Who would have stepped out? I told you I saw, saw a video of my friend and he was showing, he was on a cruise and I'm like, yo, where you at? He's outside. I'm like, I can't get on that boat. Just all that blackness? I can't see my hand? No. Mm -mm. But Peter? Peter said, didn't even know, what. Well, is that God? Is that the Lord? Let me come to you if you be the Lord. Come on. That's all he said. I mean, was that enough words to get an indication that that really was Christ? Come. No, you need to talk a little bit more so I can make sure that's you. No. Peter stepped. That took faith. And we say, you know, we look, you're even looking at me and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You have no idea being on a deep sea and thinking you can walk on water because you think you see a spirit. You have no idea. We are all in this room who are God's children, promised by God, told that we can do greater things. So everyone in this room is living beneath their means. Everyone. You are suffering because you don't believe. Watch this. Not that you don't believe in God. You don't believe in you. Yeah. Peter believed in himself. God had to show him, Peter, where I want you to do and where I'm taking you, I got to enhance that faith. And the only way I'm going to enhance that faith, you got to meet yourself face to face because you have to realize that the faith that I want you to have is not the faith that you have. That's where face-to-face -face come in. See, when you meet yourself, you, you start getting down. Right? Children of Israel go. They start looking at themselves like they were grasshoppers. Some of you still looking at yourself like you're a grasshopper and you abandon it. I can't a grasshopper can't fight a giant. We love the story of David, the little young boy fighting a giant Goliath. We love telling the story, but... Can you be David? And David was bigger than the grasshopper. I mean, can you seriously be David? Will you go down there and speak boldly? Like you get up here and talk about it or preach it or get up here and teach about it? You come before me with spears defying the living God. But I come. It sounds good and very dramatic. Live it. That's what I've learned in 2019. I had to live it. 
I preached it. That Peter syndrome, in my mind, you can't make me doubt it until I live it. You can't make me doubt him in my heart until I live it. I still know a lot about him. But I didn't realize if he tell me to go, come with me. I'm going to be with you. Yeah, but I want to see you. We want to be walked. <laughs> okay. Okay, Lord, yeah, I'm going to go. No, I can't do it. I need you. I need you. Time and change goes hand in hand. Let me explain. God doesn't live in time. We do. Because we live in time and then we have to depend on God and us, we waste it. But time doesn't stop for us and neither does change. Every day, things are changing around us and time keeps moving. Things are predicated based on our movement, which creates time. Hope you got that. Bear with me. Everything is predicated on our movement which movement is predicated on time. So everything is based on us. Okay. Change is going to happen whether we get involved in it or not. Even if you stand still, you're still going to grow old. Change is going to come. People, world, environment, everything is going to change. Rather you move or you don't move. I want you to look at Luke 22 a lot closer. And I want you to understand this. This is, this is, this is great for Christians. Okay, look, look at it. Okay. I want you to really understand what Jesus is saying. I mean, really look at it, really look at it. Okay, Jesus has said, Simon, Simon. But I, but I mean, really get into it because this is really what's happening. Jesus was talking and then Jesus looked at him and I want, y'all got to get this. Don't worry about the door. Look, pay attention because this is very important. Simon, Simon. I know y'all didn't get it. <laughs> I told you about the the door. I told you about uh, walking on the water. I told you, you know, you already know about the, the you know, the washing and, and, and how Peter was. and we, You know all that stuff, right? So now he's preaching. He's teaching. One, one time that he did preach. He went from preaching to teaching, teaching to preaching. Now he goes, Simon, Simon. And, and Dexter's mind, watch, watch this. Dexter's mind, Jesus is going, Nicola, Nicola, Richard, Richard. I mean, he repeating his name. First of all, if you study him, he always called him Simon Peter, remember from the Peter. 
He's using his first name. You, sometimes you know when your mom is upset with you, your name change. Amen. They call you by your middle name or something, you know. They don't, you know, your name ain't short. If it's Elizabeth, is it Liz? Liz, come on, Tony, you didn't Liz. When she's mad at you, Elizabeth, and they really, really mad at you, they go, Elizabeth, Shauna, you know, they give you the whole name. He's going, Simon. Simon. Jesus, I didn't even call him Simon since he first met him. I'm going to call you Peter. But this time, Simon. Simon. Watch what he says. Important. He said, Satan has asked for you. Folks, this is, this is Satan asked. What do you mean? He said, but I pray for you. I pray that your faith don't wither. Why did he say that? Why was Jesus shaking his head? I'm going to tell you why. Because every time you open your mouth, Satan goes to God and say, let me test what she said. See, some of y'all don't even get it. You just talk too much. You don't even know what's coming out of your mouth. You don't tame your tongue. You just talk. When God showed me this, the first thing that came to my mind was a box under a bridge or a house on a hill. Dexter. Dexter. And he's shaking his head because he's saying, you don't know what you just did. Why? Because every word that proceeds out of your mouth shall not return unto you void. And even if I want to sidestep it, Satan is going to go, I object. Lachelle said that she would never do so. Let me test her. And God never, you don't never want to see your children go through anything. But when you give them a certain amount of authority, you give them instructions. When you give them the keys to the car, you're not in the car to tell them to slow down. When you're all excited, kiss them on both cheeks, send them off to college, you're not in the dorm room or not at the parties. You just give them a lecture. We run. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has ass. And watch this, folks. God could have said no when he asked. But God's not going to say no. You want to know why? Because God has been training you for such a time as this. What? Yes, he's been training you. So Satan has said, I want to sift him. <laughs> Remember, you got to be careful now. You know, sifting, we, this is what, when you do sifting. But I always tell him to be exegesis. So I had to study and go, Okay, make sure sifting now is the same as sifting then. It wasn't. Sifting then was when, they, when the blacksmith laid out a sheet of metal. And what they did was the sifting, we call it sifting, but they made it. What they did was they took a needle and a hammer and they would break holes. 
to allow some stuff to go through and, and hold on to some stuff. They didn't get it. You got it. What Satan is saying is, say, let me lay Peter out. Put some holes in it. <laughs> let me see how he's going to hold up. That's why after Jesus said that, Peter said, oh, I'll die for you. I'll go where you're going. And he's going, surely before this day is over with. He's telling them. Because Satan has asked for you today, which means before the day is over with, he's going to be knocking holes in you because it came out of your mouth. Sift you. Peter was still bold. Oh, I go wherever you want to go. We still, you know, Lord, I love you. You keep saying that. And Satan is going to go, let's see how much they really love you. Oh, God told me I'm going to do this. I'm going to be. Well, let's put them in a position. I ain't never cheating on my wife. I know what he likes. Let me send her. (laughs) You put yourself out there. All God said was, I trained them. Go ahead. Try them. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says. He said, I pray that your faith doesn't fail. You know what that means? this is going to be rough for you, brother. He didn't pray just for him. He prayed, don't let it, because if his faith fail, Peter will be lost. He know what Peter's about to go through. He know what you're going through. He prayed, don't let their faith fail, because as long as you have some faith, you can always come back. And he prophesied to Peter, when you do come back, which means you're going to leave. That's what he said. He said, when you come back, teach your brothers, which means you're going to leave. He's going to poke so many holes in you, you're going to go back. Go back to what? I'm going fishing. You know what I learned? I learned that when God calls you from something and you try to go back to it, you've been disobedient. You thought they turned you down from that job. No, they didn't turn you down. They turned you away on divine authority. You wasn't supposed to go there. You're not supposed to go back there. Why is it that when it comes to God, we treat him different than we treat people in the world? When he called us from something. We show up 10 minutes on early at work. We're always late on God. Think about it. We take paperwork home to get it done. Now, when I'm home, I'm home. I don't want to be bothered. We drive people around, but won't pick nobody up for church. We work overtime to get paperwork done, but we leave early on God. You think about how you treat God compared to how God treats you. This is what God told me. Now that you're at level three, part three, if you're ever going to go to where I'm calling you to go, you have to go 24-12. I said, God, what's that? He said, you have to go 24 hours 
a day. 12 months out of the year. That's what I did to you this year. I whipped you for 24 hours. And I let you went through it for 12 months. If you don't want 2019 to be like 20, or 2020 to be like 2019, you need to change your 24. Examine yourself like he made me examine me. How much time you spent on television watching your Netflix and how many times you picked up a book? And I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about where I called you to. Some of you, God has told you to start a business, but you're afraid because you said you don't know anything about it. He said, then why didn't you ask somebody? Why don't you pick up a book and study it and try to figure out about it? If I told you to go, I'm going to be with you, but why you ain't going? He told you to go back to school. I'm worrying about this. Watch your 24. Listen, you're going to sleep eight hours. Mm-mm. You cheat eight hours. You sleep six hours. Then what do you do? You were dedicated, must dedicated, to give the other eight hours to somebody else. That means in one day, you got eight hours left. If you cheat something, you'll sleep, you got 10 hours. Within that 10 hours, Satan's always trying to occupy your time. Why? Because game come on at 1 o'clock, another come on at 4 o'clock, and another come on at 8 o'clock. He's going to occupy the last time that you have. And God is telling you what's in your 24. We want to be rich. Where's your portfolio? What you do now in your 24 is going to dictate 10 years from now. It's going to dictate five years from now. We want to work hard. We have no choice but to work hard for the man because at the end of the week, we expect a paycheck. God said, but I paid you more. And you slight me. But not this time. What did he do? He calls friction. He made you come face to face. You think because you have a high school diploma, you can't have a business. Do you know the creator of Microsoft doesn't have a bachelor's degree? He dropped out of Princeton. Do you, do you understand? Mark, he dropped out. He created a, a, a project, which now you call Facebook. It was a project for campus. Rich. We keep talking about all these people who have made millions, but they moved. And they believed in themselves. Folks, watch this. You saying, this is what God is telling me. God is telling me this. this is, I know it's for me. Maybe for one or two of you guys in here. Everybody else, just bear with me for about 10, 15 more minutes. God, God has said to me, can you invest in you? I'm saying, what? Can I, can I invest in me? Can you invest in you? I said, yeah. Can you? Because I invested in you, and you said it was a waste of time. I said, I never said that. Yes, you did. Huh? You said you worked on that job for 20 years and wasted your time. I'm saying, no, I invested 20 years. Why? Because what I taught you for 20 years, now I expect for you to do it on your own. All right. They didn't get it. I'm glad you got it. been training you for you to do what you've been doing. You had no promise doing it for them, but you won't do it for you. 
I said, I, pre- I read the scripture in First King. Why? Because I looked back at my messages. And I looked at a message that said, sold out. And that same scripture I read, I'm sold out. God brought the message back. He brought the scriptures back. He said, how are you sold out when if you was Elijah, you keep going back home going, where's my cattle? You're going to sit in a spot where the equipment was and cry because you burned it. You have going away party. You kiss your mama and your daddy goodbye, but you keep looking for them. Every time you find yourself in trouble. When you told me you were sold out, if you're sold out, why you keep going back? What's in your 24? You get so hurt, you get so bitter that you sit down. The few eight hours you have in that 24. Folks, if you've never been embarrassed before, try having a personal conversation with God about you. No, not about somebody else. It's wonderful when he prophesied about somebody else and you can hold this mic and you can lay hands. But when he talked to you about you, when he recognized when you go to the doctor and you get all those those. Uh, things put all on you and you come out and say I'm sorry to tell you you got Peter syndrome <laughs> you think you're here when you were here I made you the head but you desiring to be the tail I made you the lead but you're so used to following I made you a giant but you only see a grasshopper I can't take you to where I want to take you because you think where I'm showing you is too big for someone like you. And watch this. Here's the thing. I'm like, well, how, how am I supposed? No, y'all know y'all do this. How am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? That's what you. Know, th- th- that's the little baby thing. You know, it's amazing when 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 a baby go in a diaper bag, get a diaper, hand it to you, lay on the floor, and go like this. You got to start thinking, baby, you, you, you can get to that potty if you know the whole process by now. You know the process, but you're so used to God changing you. You want to be a baby. And God said, no, I'm trying to raise you up. But you want to be a baby. What am I supposed to do? I equipped you already with what you're supposed to do. I told you, you went through what you went through so you can do what I'm calling you to. You can teach others. I'm going to tell y'all. I'm exposing myself. I'll be done. Probably done in 10 minutes. Cola, my first conclusion. Listen. Listen. What's this? He said the children of Israel. Watch this. He said the children of Israel. They were slaves for 400 years. They walked in the family. When they came into there, they was looked down upon. So they couldn't live in the city. They had to go out there and live in Goshen. Living out in Goshen, they, they, they lived as farmers. They lived as shepherds. The very thing that the Egyptians looked down upon. Y'all, y'all got to get this now. The very occupation that the Egyptians looked down upon is the very occupation 
that saved Egypt. If they wasn't as good as farmers as they were, Egypt would have perished through a famine. And so were them. Do, do you understand? You are too worried about your status. Because others are looking down at it only because you are looking too much up at them. But Egypt had no, Israel had no idea that Egypt was a training ground. And watch this. When it was time for them to begin to move, this is friction, remember? Remember this in friction? When it was time for them to begin to move to their destiny, what did he do? He caused hardship. And when he caused hardship, the Bible said they grew even more and even mightier. So what did the Egyptian do? Cause even more hardship. What were they doing? They were working as slaves. Doing what? Building roads. Building buildings. Making a city. For the most powerful. For the most powerful. For the most intellectual country at that time in the world. He put them in the best, worst place they can be. I'm going to say it one more time. He put them in the best, worst place that they could be. He taught them how to feed themselves. Farmers. He taught them how to build cities. How to build roads. Watch this. Now, after he taught them enough... He finally had to purge, coming face to face. He had to purge them. He had to show them to God. He took them to the wilderness. Now what he's telling them, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. What you did for the Egyptians, now I want you to do for you. And they said we couldn't do it. How are we going to do it? You built brick. You made bricks without straws. But you tell me I can give you all the straw that you want and you can't build your own city? Missed it, missed it, let me see. <laughs> you work for 30 years over here. And I'm going to tell you everything you need plus more. I'm going to give it to you to do it yourself. And you're going, I can't do it. And God said, well, this is what I have for you. And what you do, you sit here. Having a pity party. Because you can't go back there and you're too scared to go there. And for years, what do you do? Nothing. You just sit. And God is waiting on you to get to the level that he's calling you to. But you're afraid to go. And then, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you realize that you're sitting here wasting your time, this is what God says. Okay, I'm ready to go. But what, what I got to do? <laughs> I mean, what do you got to do? Everything you did for them. Do it for you. He didn't say do it for me. He said do it for you. Because when you do it for you, because I'm so much into you, I'm going to benefit from it. Y'all missed that. I don't care if your business is doing nails. If you start a nail salon, God say, I got so much inside of you. When you're doing nails, I'm going to get the benefit. 
And I had to sit there and I think, well, how's that going to happen? He said, because when you're holding that person now and they can't move, they got nothing to listen. And sooner or later, conversation is going to come up and you're going to tell them how you got this shot. And if I got so much about me, so much about me inside of you, you're going to tell them about me. You're not going to be in that shop listening to some kind of crazy music. You're going to have my gospel plan because I'm so much inside of you. See, your, your blessing will be my ministry. But I can't start my ministry because you're afraid of your blessing. But once you are ready to embrace your blessing, I can kick off this ministry. And through your blessing, so many will be saved. Well, God, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm tired. I don't want them to go. So what do I got to do? You keep asking me that. What do I got to do? Go 24, 12. Can you do that? But what do you mean, God? Evaluate what you do. When I had people coming to me and doing budgets, you know what I had them do? I had them write down everything they spent. I talked to a friend of mine, and I was telling them, I'm like, man, I can't create a budget. My income is not the same. Y'all know. But every people still come to me and I help them. I look at their finances. I look at their expenditures and I create a budget for them. The budget that I had when I was working is thrown out. I can't do it. So recently, a couple of months ago, God said, why don't you write down what you do? Check, check this out. Why don't you write down? Why don't you start over? And I ain't going to lie to you. Just being, I'm like, for what? My income is not the same. 712 box three don't work. I, I'm just being honest with you. I said, so why am I going to do that? He said, write it down. God. I wrote it down. Wrote down my budgets. I was trying to track everything. Sometimes, some nights I would forget, and a lot of time I like to use my debit card because I can go, if I forget to write something down, I go into my bank account online and I look at what I spent. So then I, I jot it down. I find out I will spend a whole lot of money on food. You'd be surprised how much you spend a day and then add it up in a week, then add it up in a month. I'm like, Jesus. You know, then I got date night. I'm treating people like I'm a baller. I'm just telling the truth. You know, still haven't conquered that one yet. Huh? I can hear God now. Mm-hmm. Can't say no. You, know, you told me you can, then you want me to bless you. How am I going to bless you when you keep failing my test? Oh, y'all. Just, just, whatever. So watch this. Why? I roll it down. I'm like, man. So God said, let me show you what God said. God said, you see all that food? That's your income. How can you buy all that when you say you ain't had none? Ask Tati. I told Tati. Tati said, that's right. So I, I, I went to work here. I sat over there, and I worked all day. My wife would tell you, I didn't come home to 7 o'clock. And I worked, and I worked, and I worked until I created a budget. And when I finally did, I'm telling you, it took me about 10 hours. When I finally created a budget, I was like, whoa, I have a budget, and I ain't got nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I said, I have a budget. So then for the next two months, I've been working that thing, and it's working good. But watch this. Watch this. I'm not done. I mean, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm starting to see even more money with what he's providing. All right, but come on. 
He's providing. And I'm starting to see more of it. Before two years, I couldn't see it. But in two months, he said, look what you're throwing away because of how you think. Y'all didn't get that. How you think. So two months ago, he changed how I thought. Show me what I have. You know what, you, you preach, y'all don't get what I'm saying. See, you, you preach that message when, when Elijah came and said, give, give me some, something to eat. He said, oh my God, it's just a, a bread and some water, and, and we're going to make this thing, and then me and my son going to die. He said, go ahead and send it to me. We preach that God multiplies, but not for us. Why are you going to preach it and God keep telling me, but you don't believe it when you're the little woman. When you tell me you ain't got nothing, but you have a veil of oil in your house. If you preach the message and all you got is oil, God said, go buy some more vessels and sell the oil that you have. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, y'all got to forgive me. I'm going to be almost done. Listen, I told God when I not only did I didn't have a budget or money to create a budget. You know what I asked told God? I'm sorry. I know I'm exposing myself. I said, I don't have no talent. Telling the truth. I said, what am I going to sell? I get frustrated with my wife. She can do anything that her mind comes up with. I'm like, I can't do nothing. All I can do is preach. And I can't even do that well, God, because I got to depend on you for that. So I'm stuck with you and I ain't got nothing. And I'm I'm preaching to a people who won't give me nothing. And because I don't want them to give me nothing because you said you was going to get it. But every time I go try to apply for a job, I get turned around and I'm overqualified. So how am I supposed to create a budget and create and do all this other stuff when you won't let me do it? God said, what? Oh, Tell the truth and shame the dog. God said, what? You don't know the gift that I gave you? Watch this. Oh, this is deep. He said, every gift I gave you, all you did was just like you did with the money I gave you. You treated somebody. I'm like, treating with what? Yeah. He said, yeah, I gave you this money to pay bills. You went to Chick-fil-A. I gave you this gift and you gave it away free. He said, you are gifted. You are highly favored. And I'm like, Mary, who? Me? What do I got? You have the ability. I told you this is for me. I'm sorry. Listen, listen. He said, let me tell you something. He, He said, do you know what you asked me for? I said, yeah, I know what I asked you for. He said, so why are you complaining that I'm giving it to you? And I'm I'm sorry, you think I'm lying when I'm telling you this conversation. See, ask anybody, ask anyone who know me. I'm in the shower for 40 minutes. Why? Because the water's just running over me and you would think I'm insane if you had the authority to go in that bathroom. All you're gonna do is hear me just water, just talking to myself. But I'm talking to God. So I'm not sitting here lying to you and telling you this is how to come. No, he talks back. Just sh- shut up. Listen, he'll tell you. And we having this conversation. Let me, tell you, I gotta, I, let me finish this real fast. He, you know, I'm sitting there like, what? What am I going to do? He said, listen. I'm like, God, I applied here. I applied there. I am so qualified. I got three degrees. Three. The person who interviewed me, I was teaching her. She says she's still in Rutgers. That's what she told me. I said, what school you go to? I go to Rutgers. You haven't graduated yet? Yeah, but she's going to be my boss. And I'm like, I feel like, you know, I, I sh- 
when, you, when I did get a job, I felt like it was unworthy, so I, sh- I left. Then the other ones I wouldn't get, but I'm overqualified. Somebody said, what, what are you saying? He said, Dexter, I tell God is my witness. He said, if I give you what you want now, when are you going to have time to do what you need to do for me? I'm like, wait, 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 no, no. See, I know, I think y'all really, some of you got it. Some of them, no, 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 no. I said, 24, portfolio, 24. What am I going to be doing 24? You're going to devote eight hours to them. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's, that's what he's saying, but that's not all what he's saying. Look, look what he's saying. He says, you told me that you did not want to preach until you're 70, 80 years old. That's what you told me. And I did tell him that. I said, God, I want to make an imprint for my grandchildren. That's what I told him. I want to have enough money saved up that even though I'm young, yet, oh, I want to travel the world with my family. I want to minister to other countries while great they still prospering. That's why I work so hard in MIT. So watch this one. He said, Dexter. He said, I know your thoughts. And I know your ways. And I'm like, but what did I say wrong? You said you granted it to me. He said, no, if I give it to you, you're going to work up to you 70. Then what I need you to do, you're going to start trying to do it at the age of 70. When you're supposed to be doing it, it's going to take you years to do what I'm calling you to do. It's going to take you time to build what I want you to build. If I let you go and invest that time over there, you won't have enough to invest in you. I've already invested in you. But you keep telling me you want to invest in somebody else. The first time I go and I look at these things in my education, in my wisdom, I'm like, man, I will bless this company. How many of you have filled out an application or sent the resume knowing that you were, you would kill that position? You know it. God said, yes, you would, but you're not supposed to. You're supposed to kill my position. I brought you away from that, so it's time. Did you think, watch this, Peter, when he told Peter, Peter, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Afterwards, Peter went back fishing. Y'all know that story. Here is my point. God said, listen, you keep going back to that. How can I bring men in the same manner if you keep wanting to go fish for fish? Folks. What's in your portfolio that you invested in you? If you did not like how 2019 was, then you need to go 2412 in 2020. That means you need to monitor everything you do in the 24-hour day that God gave you. And you have to be consistent for 12 months. And God promised me if you can do that in 24 hours... For 12 months, watch your mentality, December 2020. He's putting it all on me. Not on him, on me. Everything is provided. Yo, I taught you how to build cities. Israel, I taught you how to farm. I taught you how to build roads. They scared to do it. They'd rather stay in the wilderness and not even build a city that's theirs. Whatever God has brought, he taught you how to do it. I remember, I remember, my boys, 
sell drugs. I used to talk to him, I was like, man, this dude would run down numbers. I'm a math person. Y'all know, everybody know me. I love math. I can do numbers in my head. My boy, he was a math person. Name was Ryan. I won't tell you his last name. I'm like, yo, Ryan. I'm like, dude, he's on the corner. He's doing this. He's doing that. Do you know if that boy would have invested in himself and made himself a person of investment? Do you know how much money he would have made legally? Doing the same thing he's doing on the streets and putting his life in jeopardy, which he's dead right now. If he put that legally, the same thing that he was doing, do you know what he could have made? We, we have so much talent that's either dead or locked up. Because they won't invest, they, they're too busy investing in somebody else, but not themselves. Neighborhoods are running down because we won't invest in it. God told me that. He, 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 I'm, I'm telling you. He said, remember what you told me? I want to own a house. He said, listen, you, you, gotta, you can go buy a $300,000 house. Or you can go to Camden, Pensalkin. You can go to Trenton and buy a row of houses for $300,000. Same price. Which one do you want? And if everybody had the same mentality, you would turn the whole city upside down. But you don't think that way. You keep following somebody else who's leading, and I ordain you to lead that somebody else is supposed to be following. You are leaders. He said, I'm going to make you the head without the tail. That means it's time for you to become the head and not be afraid of it. It's time for somebody to follow you and stop being comfortable following somebody else. If you're going to get to that next level, you have to invest in you. You have to create a portfolio. What is it that you want to do? Let me see your library. Because you don't have a book on what you want to do, you really don't want to do it. If you haven't went to a seminar or talked to somebody about what God is calling you to, you don't want to do it. You're just talking about it. You can't sit down and create and start your business. He gave you the business. And Tell the truth. He gave you the business, equipped you. He already God is not, part three, he's not investing in you. Part three, he's saying, I already did that. You already have it. All I need you to do is watch your 24. That's all you got to do. Watch your 24. For the last two weeks, and God giving me this, what, three weeks. For the last three weeks, last night when the kids came over, I watched a series. Tati was watching a series. I got all out of my Netflix series. My boy was saying, hey, you catch him a pound? I don't know what's going on. I had to turn down television. See, you think fasting always has to do with food. See, I come, I preach, I study my word. I do. I come in here, I do some stuff. I, do even, I even do mechanical stuff or carpentry stuff for the church. When I'm done, I go home and I want to chill out, get something to eat and watch TV. That's what I want to do. There's nothing wrong with that, right? God said, it is. You know what he told me? He said, consider the ant. <laughs> he told me, he said, consider the ant. There's going to be a season for you to sit down. It's not now. I'm, I'm telling you what he told me. And so I said, I, when he gave me this message, and this, he, told me, he said, don't preach it in the New Year's like you usually do. He said, preach it before the New Year. Because you need to get yourself set before 2020 get here. Unless your 2020 is going to look. Come on. What, 
did we say last year, 2018? We was excited. Hallelujah. We was ready for 2019. Now we said, man, I can't wait for this to get out of here. God said, you're going to say the same thing in 2020 unless you make 2019 totally different. You got to go into it, not with your mouth, but with a different mindset. Your mind got to change. You got to invest in you. You got to create a whole new portfolio of what you're doing in that 24. I've got my nook out. I dusted it off. Three books. Me and my homie, I bought lunch for two weeks. I ain't buy lunch. First time I bought food was, I think, the day before yesterday. That's when somebody threw my food out. I was mad because first thing I was thinking about is, I got to go buy food. I ain't buy food in two weeks. Do you know I, assert, I had a certain amount of money? Tell the truth. I had a certain amount of money in my pocket for two weeks. Y'all think that's nothing. That's a, did you hear me? The same 20 stayed in my pocket for two weeks. Why? Because Chick-fil-A would have had that two weeks ago. Burger King would have had it two weeks ago. I was able to put gas in my car and, get, and help somebody else in the car because I kept on to, to I, you recognize what's the biggest thing that's keeping me, television and food. Oh, y'all don't look at me. Did, what, he said, fast? Man, you're going to eat nothing. Turn down TV, but don't just sit there and turn on TV. The book that you bought, sit in the room and read it. My wife would tell you, I watch Kings or Queens, I watch Three's Company, and I watch Seinfeld every night before I go to bed. Those are my shows. They'll put me to sleep. Every now and then I treat myself to Star Trek. You know, Star Trek is an hour, so I treat myself. For the last two weeks, mm -mm. I laid in the bed, put my remote up, and read, I got to read at least a chapter of this book. And I'm reading this book. And you know what the book is talking about? We didn't even get to the business aspect. You know what the book is talking about? Managing your time. That's not what the book is about. It's about the business that God is telling. But the, business, the beginning, the first chapter is about you got to manage your time. And I'm sitting there like, dang. Like, my time is screwed up like my money. They missed <laughs> Your money and your time is coincide together. If your time is messed up, so is your money. If you get your time right, your money, it works. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm, I'm okay. I'm about to close. I'm about to close. What's in your portfolio? Capital One said, what's in your wallet? I'm telling you, what's, I'm asking you, what's in your portfolio? What do you do 24-7? If you're not making money, I told my wife, I came out of shower today. I said, no, last night. I came out of uh, shower last night, and she said, she said, you're, you're right? She said, I'm about to go to bed. I said, ah. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm about to get back on Facebook. She's like, you, you getting back on Facebook? I said, yeah. What I was reading in the book was telling me how to use social media to build. But I'm going back to Facebook with a different mindset. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm sitting, I'm like, I mean, who would have thought that in the book would mention Facebook, other social medias? And I'm sitting there like, I don't want to deal with that. God said, listen, you know, you better utilize the devil means to bring forth my blessing. Oh, Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But your mindset has to hit them, of course. Your mindset has to be, I'm coming back with a whole time. He said, when are you going to start? I said, I ain't starting nothing in 2020 because I got to get my mind right for this. 
He's asking me to do something. Come on, it's hard to do. Just tell the truth and shame the devil. He said, watch what you say. So I'm saying it, God, this is hard. I know you're not going to walk me because you told me I'm a big boy now. But at least you can instruct me. I need to talk to people who know that way. But I'm coming in. Folks, when you want 2020 to end right, you better come into 2020 like a lion. You need to come into 2020 praising God. You need to come into 2020 working. You need to come into 2020 studying. Folks, you need to come in 2020 with a plan. If you don't have a plan, your 2020 is not going to work. And you're going to complain. Either a plan or a complain. Which one do you want to do? But before we even get there. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is for me. Part four. I can't talk about it. On Christmas Day. <laughs> Folks, if you think that this is all about you, wait, wait do you hear part four. And if you sit in it, and I told Tyler, keep begging my wife, I said, make sure you put this on podcast. You know why? Because I need to encourage myself. I'm, on, I'm driving down a highway, and I'm going to put on Great Day podcast, and I need to listen. I, anybody know me? I do not. I can't stand listening to myself. But I'm going to listen to myself. Why? Because I have to make sure that the time that I have, I have to invest that time in me. Because there ain't no way in hell I'm going to have 2020 like I did 2019. From January of this year, you know I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to February. I can't wait to March. Oh, March. No, 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 no. I'm investing in January before they even get here. I got to make sure it's right. And the first thing I'm going to do is give God some praise for the lesson. Now, you with me? Come on. I dare you to stand up and give God some praise. I dare you to stand up. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I want you to praise him. I want you to praise him with a different mentality. Don't praise him like you always praise him. I want you to get a whole